0: Two receivers flank out of the left, including Shinbine, who's been quiet today. He'll motion in and a wing to the left. Here's Donnelly catching it with two hands out of the shotgun. Throws quickly to Stusick makes the catch, little shimmy and shake. Don't have time for that, Bennett. He gets a first down inside the 25 to the 24. His first catch of the evening, and it's another Ram first down.
1: Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's
0: Ballsy. Well, thanks for checking out this podcast dedicated to promoting the sport of football in our province. It wouldn't be possible without these great sponsors. Pizza Hut's in Saskatchewan. I think I'm grabbing myself a personal pan pizza and some breadsticks today, as a matter of fact. Mark Greshner Photography. This guy does awesome work. Check out his stuff at markgreshner.com. SAS Selects Football, building the gridiron stars of tomorrow today. Riviera Ag Seeds in Radville, Southern Saskatchewan's premium certified seed grower, delivering homegrown certified Durham yellow peas and chickpeas. Double at Ag Sales in Weyburn. For grain hauling, grain marketing, and crop insurance, give Corey a call at Double at Ag Sales. Face 1st medical aesthetics. Freshen up your look in a naturally-looking way. Guys and the ladies above Gabos on Dudney Avenue in downtown Regina. And time now for our Athlete of the Week, brought to you by Paul Waldo over at Royal O'Page in Regina. Want to get in the real estate game? Give the three-time Grey Cup champion a call at 306-502-5355. Today in the spotlight is Arden Lloyd from the Winston Knoll Wolverines. How are you today, Arden? I'm doing really well. How are you? Good, man. So I guess, obviously, your coaching uh, that you got from the Thunderbirds back in the day didn't uh, wreck your career like you can't blame me for anything. No, well, if anything, I can thank you for it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Hey, so we'll get to where you're going, but, uh, you know, grade 12 didn't exactly turn out the way you thought it uh, thought it would in terms of football. How, how did you... Uh, How'd you get through that mentally? How did you navigate it?
2: Uh, it was uh, it was pretty tough at first, but then uh, Charleston Hughes and uh, McKenna Henry, uh, Henry ran a football kind of program for a few months, uh, just over uh, winter, and that was really well, uh, really well done, and I really loved it. And there was a couple of us and the old guys who went, and it was it wasn't exactly games, but I was competing with my teammates, which is you know it's half the deal,
0: anyways. Yeah, so tell me about that camp. I didn't even realize they held something like that. What uh, what was that all about? Tell our tell our listeners what that was about.
2: Yeah, they did uh, like a like a. They called it a front seven camp, and they really worked on all of our block shedding and hand technique and footwork just to just dominate the run play. And I'm more of a y linebacker kind of guy, and that's I don't have as much of that skill in my forte. So that was really helpful for me. And uh, I went with a few of our D linemen and. Yeah, they held it at uh, just a sports performance center they used to use uh, baseball for, Mm -hmm. and then we kind of when the new restrictions hit, we kind of moved to uh, that new sports physio place. Yep, kind of by kind of down in the south there. So
0: yeah, awesome, that's great. Arden Lloyd joining us here. So uh, how did how did you end up uh, deciding on U of T? Because here's the thing. you know, grade 12, you didn't get that senior highlights in, in game tape, uh, action, so to speak. First off, I guess, were you worried that the opportunity to move to the next level wouldn't be there as readily because you didn't get to play in grade 12?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was, uh, I was pretty nervous. Uh, I got it because before it all really got shut down, I had a few emails from teams all over the country and, you know, once, all, once COVID hit, I, uh, it all just shut down for me. So, you know, I was pretty nervous, and I was just hoping something would happen. And uh, I had a few calls with the Rams here and the Thunder, but then U of T hit me up, and it kind of just took off from there.
0: Yeah. So Greg Marshall, the former Ottawa Rough Rider, former Saskatchewan Rough Rider uh, assistant coach, and briefly as a head coach, is running the program out there. Um, what did they say they liked about you, and 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 how did that relationship come to be?
2: Uh, they really they said they really liked uh, kind of the versatility that I can. Bring. i can play inside the box if i need to i can play outside the box and some coverage and uh they really liked that i could long snap mm. so that's um, that's a great bonus for me and hopefully a great bonus for them and guy yeah, you can get out on special teams
0: who taught you how to long snap that's a that's an interesting art that people don't really pay a, a lot of attention to you spend like Jorgen hughes a buddy of mine on the riders you know him he's the guy that spends his whole career upside down uh what do you like about that position and who who taught you that
2: yeah i uh i played center in rmf a long time ago and i had to learn how to shotgun snap and then i figured well we also punt so i may as well figure out to long snap as well so I, uh, I tried to learn it on my own a little bit, and I wasn't super awesome. So I actually, we uh, emailed Jorgen Hughes, and he came out and taught me the basics and ran me through it, and I've just been getting better ever since.
0: It's kind of like, it, if I'm right about this, it's kind of like throwing a football upside down, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, it is like that. Yeah. It's really just. Uh, it looks like you're throwing it with both hands, but you're really not. You're just throwing it like you would any other football.
0: So do you? Do you? Uh, I mean, you got a long way to go. You got to go through college first. But that's something where you know, like I said, not everybody wants to be a long snapper. That's where a guy could carve out a nice long career professionally. Everybody talks about being a quarterback or a receiver, and I want to play pro football. But what's hilarious is when they're coming up in. in in the young ranks nobody wants to be an offensive lineman nobody wants to be a long snapper and and a kicker even and those are the three positions where you could excel at the next level
2: yeah i uh i really like long snapping you uh you get yourself a free five yards after you get the ball away and it's really up to you to be the first man downfield and make the tackle on punts and no i really like that i like the freedom of getting a head start and going and smack somebody how big
0: are you (laughs) how big are you arden
2: uh, I'm currently at 5'10 and 190
0: okay do you hit the weights quite a bit is that is that something that's come as you've matured you've, you've found some uh, time in the weight room
2: yeah I found some time I got I got uh, just a membership at my gym and then right now for school also I have a personal fitness class so I'm getting in the gym twice a day every once in a while and it's really good
0: that's awesome man where'd you love a football come from
2: uh, my dad introduced me to it when I was, oh, I must've been like six or seven mm-hmm. and we were playing flag football. And then as soon as I was old enough to play tackle, I did. And I, that was your team and yeah. oh, I've played it ever since. And I kept getting better and I kept, my love kept growing.
0: What, um, what's it like when your dad coaches you through most of your career? Cause I, I, I didn't really talk, ask my son that. I guess I could have, but I, what's it like for your dad to coach you most of your time?
2: Well, he was pretty hard on me, but I think it was—I think that was good for me. He uh, pushed me to keep breaking my limits, and whether he was a very nice tone about it, I think helped.
0: Yeah. So you're going way far away to school. How exciting is that? Do you do you like? Is that the one aspect you really like, just to move away and uh, spread your wings? Yeah, I,
2: I think university or college or whatever you want to call it is uh, is a great opportunity to grow up and become your own person, really. So. I've never even been to Ontario in the first place, and getting right in the heart of Toronto—that's a it's a big step. But I think it's a really fun
0: step. (laughs) Okay, but here's an interesting thing we haven't talked about, Arden. Uh, I know, and you know, I'm referencing my son. But when he obviously got to go on his recruiting trips, uh, he got to actually go there, go to different schools, do the eyeball test, get a feel. Hey, what would it? One thing they always told us: Hey, you'll know when you know when you're on campus, and you can picture yourself. I'm assuming you never got to do that. So so how weird is that for you?
2: Yeah, I, I might be flying blind a little bit, but they had um, some really good virtual tours of the campus and of the separate dorm rooms and all that. So I have a decent idea of kind of how it's all laid out and where I got to go when I get there. Yeah. So.
0: I think it'll be good. So, uh, Arden, what are they uh, What are they putting you? What position are they looking at you? You're kind of, you, you, with your body dimensions and what you can do, you're versatile, so you're kind of a Swiss army knife. But uh, right now at 190, you might be a little undersized for linebacker. What do they tell you?
2: Yeah, they said they're going to start. Well, they asked when they were greeting me. They're like, hey, uh, can you uh, can you play DB? Can you play halfback? Can you play corner? I'm like, yeah. So they're thinking of putting me at a, a falcon kind of deal. Okay. On the field side.
0: Okay, awesome. That's good. That's good. And what are you going to take in school, Arden?
2: Uh, I am going to be a business major.
0: Oh, nice. So you want to start your own business one day, or, or be in the business world?
2: Yeah, I want to. Actually, what I want to do is uh, I want to try to specialize in finance and uh, work my way into the back room of a, of a football team. Well, Moneyball it
1: a little bit. That'd
0: be awesome. Or maybe, maybe uh, just judging by the recent news, you could buy some stock that's, are, that's a penny stock on Reddit and really uh, make it go high and crush Wall Street. Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Arden, thanks for this. I appreciate it. And uh, always love coaching you. It's great to see you succeed. And best of luck at the U of T. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. 10 Bits from Around. Tom Selleck turned 76 on Friday. The most interesting thing about Selleck is his mustache. It turned 70. Lady Gaga Oreos are now available, and for a little bit extra cash, you can get a package that was actually worn by Lady Gaga. The Steelers say that in order for Big Ben Roethlisberger to return next year, he would have to make serious concessions. In some cases, he meant that literally. I mean, Ben's free beer and hot dog deal at the stadium is bleeding the Steelers dry. Yesterday was National Fun at Work Day, or as male porn stars call it, Friday. Ford is recalling three million vehicles for defective airbags. BMW is doing the same thing with vehicles containing defective douchebags. A candy company will pay 30 bucks an hour to sample its products. It's perfect for anyone who loves sugar, but hates having two feet. (laughs) I could say that as a diabetic. And GameStop, Robinhood, and hedge funds are now in the news. I don't understand any of it. I mean, I thought a hedge fund was part of a landscaping budget. All right, here with Mike Thomas from Football Saskatchewan. And uh, you guys got a a, a virtual coaching clinic coming up. Uh, Tell us about that. Yeah,
1: so, you know, obviously with everything that's going on here uh, in today's climate, Um, the days of having people in person to do some clinics are kind of not possible. So, We've been able to take the initiative of holding a virtual clinic, similar to what we've seen some of our uh, colleagues across the U.S. have been able to accomplish, and uh, it's something that, in this time frame right now, in the dead of winter, uh, that we thought would be a, a great opportunity for our coaches to be able to enhance their learning um, and uh, be able to do so safely while also increasing their knowledge uh, over the winter time here.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, you know that's kind of the silver lining you guys have used, and a lot of uh, you know I, I know the Rams have uh, done a. Bit of that, I know the Thunder put on a uh, an off-season clinic for coaches. We we've uh, seen football organizations use technology to uh, continue the process
1: yeah absolutely you know obviously companies uh, like zoom or even um, you know Microsoft that uh, has really enhanced their uh, office platform with the Microsoft Teams that has enabled people to to do a lot of things from home uh, so that that in itself with the ability with video sharing and just opportunities to connect with coaches who are all across the province uh, and not even there but even with presenters that are uh, across the country to be able to do so all at one time and, and from the comfort of your own home. So, you know, the thing about, the, you know, the technology is, is everybody says, you know, it's great when it works and it's crappy when it doesn't, hmm. but man has it been great right now to be able to utilize this time frame to, to get better uh, so when there is the opportunity to get back on the field uh, that our coaches will uh, be prepared and, and have a little bit more tools in their toolbox uh, to help teach their kids as we come through things here, hopefully in the spring of 21.
0: Yeah, Mike, how devastating has uh, this whole thing been. It's been for so many organizations and uh, obviously football Saskatchewan wouldn't be immune. How how devastating has it been to the sport of football in this province?
1: You know, it really has been a a difficult thing, Mike. I I will uh, uh, admit that clearly. Um, And I I think that's been the case for a lot of sport organizations. uh, And we're not uh, any different than anyone else. The great thing about it is that the staff, uh, you know, our, our staff and, and team has worked tirelessly to see, to find ways to help our membership, whether it be financial, uh, whether it be through, uh, mental health, uh, initiatives, whether it be through nutritional, um, things that need to be, uh, addressed with teams. Uh, that's been our, our biggest, biggest proponent and just checking in on all of our members to ensure that regardless Although there was no season, what is it that they need to be able to help move forward? You know, are they going to be able to survive? And so, you know, we've been proud to work hard to ensure uh, and apply for grants and stuff that you know a lot of other organizations that we know have potentially given uh, the dollars or kept to them to themselves and not as much to our to their members. Uh, from our standpoint, we did not do that. Um, you know, we we went out and found dollars that were uh, accessible and were able to give uh, just over $300,000 uh, back to our uh, members here in the province to help them sustain through this pandemic.
0: So Mike, Mike, a hat goes off to the guys and girls up there in Saskatoon. They put on that high school academy that got some kids some important tape. Regina wasn't so lucky in terms of uh, being able to put on a high school season yet. I know uh, you know, Jeff Stusick, Lennon Kelly, and their board did a great job having what they could for Regina Minor football. How do you as an organization help these kids who could play U16, U18, especially, you know, the the senior kids that have a chance to go to the next level but have been deprived of that grade 12 year or a chance to get some tape? Because I, I know I had just had a son go through the process, and I can't um, I can tell you right now, if he didn't get the play in grade twelve, he wouldn't be down in North Dakota right now. And I so I, I try to put myself in parents and kids' shoes going forward here.
1: Yeah, that has definitely been something of a major focus for us for the last two and a half months essentially um so you know so we're not looking just obviously here right now prepping for the spring we've been looking essentially once our season uh you know once it basically became winter uh, how we're going to be able to do this now a lot of things shifts and change based off of what goes on within our province and knowing things covid wise uh and seeing how these delays in the public health order and the return to sport uh have been we can kind of see that they're really kind of pushing things off in the winter here into the spring so that just basically tells us that you know they feel comfortable in an outdoor setting similar to last fall but not so much in an indoor setting which then eliminates some things that we would have had at that time frame uh, leading into the spring indoors which would have been like our combines per se so now we start to think okay how can we work to get the exposure for those kids, like you mentioned, the U16s, the U18s, um, you know, we're still working with Football Canada uh, on different options for those players that would be a part of a, a provincial team. But of course, the climate is different across every province, right. so it, that's a that's a tough thing to manage. But you know, we're all at the table um, every two weeks to go over things and to see. From our sense in the province, uh, we're working with. Uh, you know, major groups in Regina and Saskatoon to figure out, not just for the major uh, urban centres, but how are we going to... Cultivate and manage our rural centers, you know, with travel restrictions and just distances that we're allowed to do things, numbers within camps. You know, we've got some some plans that we've got in place to be able to help those kids that are in grade 12. Um, the kids that, that are, you know, not just exposed within the city, but also within the rural areas. Uh, and not just our, our grade 12 players, but our kids that are coming in from our, our grade 9 through 11. Uh, so, you know, like we're looking to do a, a lot of different things and we're prepared to pivot at any moment's notice which is something that we've all become accustomed to 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 be able to manage what you can can handle um you know what you know do what you can that you're under with that you have that's under control so you know with that I can't say everything yet because we haven't rolled it out but we are really looking to do as much as we can within the realm of our possibilities in a safe and health healthy manner to help develop these players to help showcase these players and give them opportunities that uh, may not have been present due to the lack of games and or film or play over the last year and a half
0: okay uh, one uh, football related question prediction wise and then i'll get you to give us the information on that coaching clinic who do you got in the super bowl tampa or kansas city
1: Well, you know, it's it's kind of a tough one because uh, I am a Baltimore guy. So, you know, losing to Buffalo uh, was a tough one, but Buffalo losing to KC was exactly what I kind of wanted. So, I think I'll stick in the AFC and I'll go with KC. But you know, uh, the the other dude, TV12 on the other side, man, shoot, he's he's a tough one. He's a tough out. So, uh, it's gonna be a great game on the seventh for sure.
0: I don't know. I'm I'm. It's still too early for me to make a prediction, but I don't know if I'd want to bet the house against Brady for sure he finds a way to get it done. Okay, uh, lastly here, how can they uh, get involved with this uh, online coaching clinic?
1: Yeah, so if anybody who's interested in getting more development done um, can definitely head to our website at footballsaskatchewan.ca, and uh, right on the front page there, there's a link that'll take them right to the registration page for the virtual clinics that we have offered um, that uh, they'll be able to be a part of. Now, with that as well, uh, there's the great opportunity that we're partnering with the Regina Thunder and the three phases coaching clinics, which allows people to attend the three phases events virtually and still get credit for pd points and or hours towards their certifications with the ntcp program so we're very happy about that partnership and so that's another opportunity for people to be able to uh get better here over the winter time
0: good stuff mike thanks for this buddy hey you're very welcome thanks so much baldy have yourself a great day And just before we wrap up growing the game with Ballsy, we want to talk a little Super Bowl as we are headed into the final week of the NFL season. I'm actually shocked in this COVID world. They did their traditional two-week break between the championship Sunday and the Super Bowl. They're kind of risking it there. You know, in, in today's day and age, you never know when an outbreak can hit. But the NFL's managed to navigate its way through without a bubble. So who am I? To doubt them. Let's get into some Super Bowl facts that could be broken this coming Sunday when the Chiefs take on Tampa Bay. In, uh, in Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl and that's one of the records that is being broken. The first time ever a team is going to play on its home turf for a Super Bowl in the uh, now this being the 55th Super Bowl. It's never happened before. So if Tom Brady and the Buccaneers win it, they'll be the first team to do it. Brady can match Manning's unique record. With a win over the Chiefs, Brady would join Peyton Manning as the only starting quarterback to win Super Bowls with two teams. How about wildcard Tom? Brady could join Jim Plunkett, John Elway, Trent Delfer, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, and Aaron Rodgers as the only quarterbacks to lead a wildcard team to a title. He could also join Roethlisberger, Manning, and Rodgers as the only quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl after winning three straight road playoff games. A back-to-back drought coming to an end. The Chiefs can become the first team since the 3 Brady-led Patriots to win back-to-back Super Bowl. The all-time conference series lead is up for grabs. This one isn't team-specific. In the previous 54 Super Bowls, the AFC of 127, the NFC 27. This might be surprising since the AFC lost 13 straight Super Bowls between 1984 and 1996, back when the Super Bowl was kind of a boring event in terms of who is gonna win. The AFC is 13-6 and six over the past 19, largely thanks to Belichick and Brady. How about this? The youngest quarterback with two rings. If the Chiefs win, Mahomes would surpass Brady as the youngest quarterback with two Super Bowl wins under his belt. Brady was 26 when he did it. Mahomes would be 25 years and 143 days. Patrick Mahomes could join the list of multiple MVP winners. If Mahomes is the MVP, he would join Bart Starr, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, Eli Manning, and you guessed it, Tom Brady as the only players who have won multiple Super Bowl MVPs. Andy Reid is trying to join a lead company. If the KC Chiefs win, Reid will have two Super Bowl titles. He'll join multiple winners, Vince Lombardi, Don Shula, Chuck Knoll, Tom Landry, Tom Flores, Bill Walsh, Joe Gibbs, Bill Parcells, Jimmy Johnson, George Seifert, Mike Shanahan, Belichick, and Tom Coughlin. Quite a list there to join, some elite company. Now this is an interesting one. First quarterback to win in three different decades. If the Bucs win, Brady will become the only quarterback to win a ring in each of three decades. Only two other quarterbacks have won in two decades, Peyton and Eli. That's a record that I don't know will ever be broken if Brady can do it. If Brady wins, that means Bruce Arians wins, and he would become the oldest coach to win the Super Bowl. He's 68. The current record is held by Belichick, who was 66 when he won the Super Bowl, number 53, in 2019. Speaking of Tom Brady, uh, we got some little-known facts about Brady. So uh, how about this? He spent two years riding the bench in college. A very lucky bench, right, ladies? He prefers pants with large pockets so he can keep referees in them. Packer fans would agree with that after that pass interference call at the end of the NFC Championship game. If he ever cheats outside of football, however, Giselle, his wife, will personally deflate his balls. I can see that. Patriots owner Robert Kraft still thinks of Brady as a son and thankfully not as a massage therapist. He trains with resistance bands, specifically Rage Against the Machine. And uh, the top little-known Tom Brady fun fact: His goal is to keep playing until Keith Richards dies. Wow, we're in for a long haul with Brady. This has been growing the game with
1: Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on one zero four point nine The Wolf Morning Show, and during Saskatchewan Roughriders and U of R Rams broadcasts on six twenty CKRM.